0: This is Pet Life Radio. Let's Talk Pets.
1: And welcome. Good morning. Good afternoon. Whatever the case may be, wherever you are. I am Jeff Werber, your host for next... 30 minutes here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Best with Dr. Jeff. Um, We are live, so uh, anything you want to, like, give us a call, talk to us about, ask me questions, A-M-A, ask me anything, uh, you can reach us here at 877-385-8882. Once again, 877-385-8882, and um, we can talk about anything. So uh, it's free advice, nothing wrong with that, free is good. And if you have any uh, you know issues you're having with your pet, something that maybe you just don't really quite understand, sometimes you know I find that people don't understand the logic of certain veterinarians when they are approaching a case what tests to do, why to do and and sometimes you know they're getting pretty busy don't really have enough time to um, explain things so you can understand what and why kind of like the method to our madness and yes many of us are mad so we have a we have a method to what we do and why we do it And uh, so we're here to help you just kind of sift through all of those challenges as we're trying to work with your pets. So, as you know, I am—I like to peruse the news, and of course, we're going to talk about when we come out of break. uh, The second we're going to talk all about Halloween. It's coming up. This coming Thursday, it could be very dangerous and scary for our pets. And we have to just kind of be prepared, uh, know what works, what doesn't work, what you can do, what you can't do, what you should do, what you shouldn't do. And we'll talk about that. I wanted to just, uh, some stories caught my eye. And then I'm also, I'm going to talk about some other things. I had a, a very, very bizarre case. Unfortunately, it didn't end well, sent it to, I mean, literally two of the top Specialty clinics in LA, they really couldn't figure it out exactly, but their suspicions were pointed to the same thing. So when two different groups come up with the same suggestion, probably is the case. Anyway, I found this to be sad, sad because I love cats and I love big cats and as many of you know, I, I, was, I took a safari in July. It was amazing. And, um, oh God, I have unbelievable pictures, photographs of lions and cheetah and leopards. It was just amazing. Anyway, so I saw this story and I found it very sad. A Florida panther was euthanized after her condition deteriorated. And basically, there are nine other panthers and four bobcats that have demonstrated the same symptoms. The symptoms are a very slow progressive weakness slash lameness in the hind end, very atypical of cats. I mean, if this were a 12 year old German Shepherd or a retriever, we're thinking, ah, hip dysplasia, he's getting weak, cardioquinis syndrome, you know, degenerative myelopathy in German, German Shepherd dogs. I mean, we have answers, but it's not a big thing in cats. So the fact that they're seeing it in nine other Panthers already and four Bobcats is leading authorities. To be very wary they are monitoring and exploring some of the causes they're thinking they might be something like a nervous disorder a toxin that these cats are getting a hold of it could be some sort of infectious disease that is new and they don't know exactly what it is or a nutritional deficiency why all of a sudden we have no idea it's, it's kind of like you know maybe things are are changing uh, maybe there a particular food or a vitamin or a mineral that they were getting, they're no longer able to get. Who knows, but they're exploring everything. But that's really sad. And there's very few things, in my opinion, more stunning than these big cats. How they move, how they hunt. And if if you see them up close and personal, as I did, and then you look at your house cats, your domesticated cats like, like mine, and I have five, it is amazing how similar their actions are, their movements are, their expressions, it's just, it's amazing to see. For any of you who have not done that, and you are clearly animal lovers, or else you wouldn't be listening to Pet Life Radio, you should put that on your bucket list 100% to uh, get to South Africa, Africa, Tanzania, Kenya, um, wherever, to go on safari. It is just remarkable. Speaking of cats, and speaking of big cats, here's another story that caught my eye, and that is that a large cat was captured in North Carolina on their wildlife cameras that they put in certain parts of the state, especially in the central part of North Carolina. And they believe that this cat is an African serval cat that escaped from its home, I guess they're legal in North Carolina, a year before, a year earlier. And now the concern is if they're picking it up on camera, first of all, it's been surviving. And that was unreal and doing very well. They think it's living on small animals, small mammals and rodents. And that's what they are. They're hunters and serval cats are pretty cool. They could be up to, you know, 40 pounds. So that's a, that's a pretty big cat. Anyway, escaped from the owner a year ago. But the, now the big worry, the big concern is that now that it's close to these cameras, that means it's close to roads. And if it's close to roads, they're afraid that either it could be hit by a car or Apparently, people hunt animals in North Carolina and I'm sure many other parts of the country, and they're afraid that this cat might be shot. Maybe because it is a large cat. They might think it's a bobcat. They might think it's wild. Who knows? That worries me. So the owner, he was notified because he he had reported that his cat had gotten loose. And so he's basically letting people know to be very, very, very careful. Don't shoot my serval cat. A couple of things that I wanted to talk about. Pet setters. And something happened to one of my patients, as I noted early in the show, and very, very challenging case. The dog, a small pomeranian, and when I say small, I mean small, I mean like two pounds, and a two-pound, maybe two-and-a-half-pound pom that presented with uh, excessive urination, drinking a lot, and urinating a lot, and the urine was very dilute. Well, there are a number of normal diseases that come to mind. Cushing's disease, urinary tract infection, diabetes, where these animals just drink and drink and drink, psychogenic. But there was a weird one here because the sodium, the potassium, and the chloride, these electrolytes that are essential for normal bodily function, were all beyond dangerously low. I mean, very low. Sodium should be in the ballpark of 130. It was down to 98 at one point, 103. It's almost like cellular function can't happen, can't work. And the urine was just urinating out a lot of the sodium, leaving the body with very, very, very low levels of sodium. And there is a very rare condition called SIADH. And that is the syndrome of inappropriate antidiuretic hormone, large amounts. And it's causing these animals to lose a lot of sodium in their urine. And then they continue to drink because they want to. Um, even though the ADH is antidiuretic hormone, that they have to maintain a balance of sodium and what we call osmolality in the urine. So therefore, despite the ADH, they're still drinking a lot and therefore they're urinating a lot. But along with the sodium loss comes a lot of solute loss as well. So the urine-specific gravity of this dog was very low, very non-concentrated. Antidiuretic hormone usually maintains concentration. It, it reads the body's needs And only urinates out the excess. So for example, when you are out running and getting very dehydrated, the body will release ADH. So it'll say, you know, we're not going to, we need to keep as much fluid as we can. So therefore, we're only going to urinate out the very much excess and we're going to retain. And that's why urine, therefore, is very concentrated. So anyway, this dog, because of the electrolyte imbalances, was very, very sick and the signs are either it could come from many things and it's very very rare. In fact, when I called one of my internal medicine gurus, he even said, "Oh my god, I don't I've seen maybe one case in 20 years." I think at one point there were only nine or 10 cases reported in the US for this condition. So, the thought is it's either coming because of a tumor somewhere, maybe in the lungs, a small lung tumor, it could be coming primarily from the brain or It is because of some sort of insult to the body. And a drug reaction is one of those possibilities. And things like, you know, it could be like an Adderall or amphetamine or an SSRI, inappropriately given. And the owner couldn't figure out how this possibly could have happened. Ah, she thought. About two, three weeks before this, she was out of town. She hired a pet sitter through a company, a business that has a doggy daycare business. And also when their customers go out of town, they can provide them with pet sitters. Now, whether the license are bonded, I don't know. But now I'm trying to tell you they should be, because not only did she come by and took care of the dog, not only did she say she was there longer than she was. How do we know this? Because the owner has cameras. She has the webcams for her pets. So she's able to tell by having one by the front door when this girl came and left. Also, this pet sitter had a friend come over, and the place was kind of left like a mess. And at one point, they could see that the friend's bag was on the floor, knocked over. And the thought was that this girl might, well, not might, most likely had one of these types of medications or drugs or some sort of drug in her bag that this little dog got a hold of. And that is terrible. And ultimately, the dog had to be uh, put to sleep and it was very, very sad. So it's interesting that most people, when you get these recommendations, where do they coming from? They're coming from other people that you know that use the same pet center. They're coming from the veterinarian or they're coming from a place that might offer. You need to really check the background and don't sign something that says basically, we're not responsible for anything. No, that's not the case. You find ones that are licensed and bonded and that know the rules that are going to care for your pet as they would their own. And uh, if you are not going to get that guarantee, do not leave your pet with a pet sitter. I'm blown away by the story. I'm blown away by the fact that the company, which is a pretty well known company, is not accepting any of the responsibility. It's going to go to a lawsuit. I can see it already because this pet sitter came from them. And you would think that if they're going to recommend pet sitters, they should have certain guidelines that the pet sitters need to abide by for the safety of the pets that they're caring for. And having friends come over, having bags uh, with who knows what left on the floor is not in the pet's best interest. So I am shocked by this. And I'm just really throwing it out there as a warning that if you travel, if you use pet sitters, unless you know them well, if you unless you really trust the source And even if you don't and you're interviewing, make sure you cover these things. Get a webcam. Set up a webcam so you can keep an eye not only on your pet but on the pet sitter as well. And that way you will have some proof in the event that something not so great happens to your pet. Anyway, we're going to go on our quick break. When we come back, it's Halloween time. We're going to talk all about it and make sure that your pets are safe during this Halloween season. Be right back.
0: everyone. Michelle Fern here. You know how they say you are what you eat? Well, guess what? Same is true for your fur, babe. Did you know that 80% of the immune system is influenced by the gut and that supporting the immune system through proper diet and digestive health helps your pet to better fight environmental allergies? It's true. I have a grandpa dog, as I call him. Mr. Z is now 14 and Over the years, you know, he's had his issues, but lately he's had a lot of allergies. And I've recently put him on a solid gold diet, and I have noticed a major difference. His arthritis, doggy arthritis, doesn't seem to bother him as much. His old dog nose has healed up very nicely. He just has a different kind of a spirit. He just seems overall better. And I attribute that to what he's eating, his solid gold food. Solid Gold Foods are different than a lot of the pet foods out there because they cleanse the digestive system with whole superfoods, they're balanced with living probiotics, and they're fueled with omega-3 and 6 fatty acids, which supports gut health and nourishes your pet inside and out. And right now, Solid Gold is offering an amazing offer to all of our listeners, Yep, right now you can get 30% off your first order by visiting solidgoldpet.com slash petlife. That's solidgoldpet.com slash petlife for 30% off your first order. Go ahead and take advantage of this great offer. Let's Talk Pets. Let's Talk Pets. On Pet Life Radio.
1: Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com Life <laughs> And welcome back. we are here live with Dr. Jeff. <clears throat> and it's Halloween time. So the first story, actually, that came out in the Smart Brief this week was, here it is. Halloween can be scary and dangerous for your pets. i um, talking about unfamiliar foods, unfamiliar objects, which can be poisonous. And, um, you know, let's take it from the top. First of all, you have so many different things going on. Halloween. As you know, and I'm sure many of you have dogs that go nuts when they hear a uh, uh, the doorbell ring. Okay. So when you have Halloween going on, that doorbell is ringing every few minutes sometimes. All right. They might be a little bit nervous or anxious or shy when people come to the door. But what about these beings that come to the door that don't look like people? They don't look like normal people. As we talked about in shows in the past, dogs have an amazing ability for facial recognition. So all of a sudden, they're seeing something that is not what they're used to seeing. So even your normal, nice, happy dog can be not so happy. And you have to be aware that they might try to lunge. Also, because of all this commotion, they might get afraid and they might try to bolt. So some basics of just the doorbell ringing, these interesting, scary beings coming to the door. You might want to, first of all, secure your dogs in a different room someplace else. You might want to make sure they're on a leash and you are have control. Do not let them come to the door off-leash. And just as a fail-safe, they should have ID. They should be microchipped just for that very rare instant that they might make it out of the door. Now, how about taking them trick-or-treating with your kids? And again, they could be very social. They could be very good with kids. But you don't know if you have a group of very strange, interesting-looking kids coming at you, all right, they're coming the other direction, that you may not know what your dog's reaction is going to be. Now, remember, to uh, the kids, the dog, assuming it's not in costume, we're going to talk about that in a minute, looks the same like a dog. So your dog is really wonderful, great with kids. The kids come over to the house to play, and the kids come over to the dog and pet, everything is fine. But these aren't regular kids anymore. Now they're, and who knows what they look like, so your dog is going to maybe not react the same way. And it could be a dangerous type of different reaction. So again, exercise extreme caution. Now, what about costuming your dogs? It's really cute. I got to admit, I have some pictures that I've gotten, I've downloaded over the years. I use sometimes when I speak. There are some fantastic dog costumes out there. But I will tell you that, first of all, just to say how many people actually do put Pet costumes on their pets. How about to the tune last year of over three million dollars spent on pet costumes? That's a lot of money being spent to use one night a year. And again, if your pet seems to enjoy the costume, that's great. If it's a, a chore to put it on and they're fighting you, I would not recommend putting a costume on your dog. And also, if you're they're wearing a costume, make sure it doesn't impede their vision, or sense of smell. You don't want to cover their eyes or the nose. Why? Because they thrive. They they rely on that for their own protection. And if they don't have that ability to protect themselves, their fear factor might increase. And again, your normal, sweet, cute, adorable dog may still be adorable and cute, but not so sweet anymore. So again, you really want to be very, very careful when it comes to things like that. Now, what about the treats? Well, There are so many potential dangers with treats and, well, first of all, small objects. You know, it's not always trick or treat. It's not always candy that gets, sometimes it's a little device. It's a little something, a little tchotchke that that they give out to occupy the kids, a little game, a little something. Well, if the dog gets into that, that could be dangerous. Of course, one of the most popular types of candy out there are chocolate candies. Me, for one, loves the chocolate candies. So again... We know that chocolate can be toxic to dogs. Uh, yeah, it's a little bit overrated. Yes, so it takes quite a bit of milk chocolate to, to create a problem. But dark chocolate, things with cocoa, a lot less. Baked products are a little less. But nonetheless, you need to be very, very careful. And uh, there are websites. If you put into your search bar a chocolate toxicity meter, it is a little thing where you punch in. First of all, it, it you, you put in the type of chocolate. Your dog's weight and how much they would need to eat to be a little uh, toxic, medium-sized toxic, and very toxic. So you you kind of have an idea whether it's a if it's a milk chocolate candy bar, how much they would a forty-pound dog would need to eat to start showing signs of toxicity, and how much it would need to eat to become really, really sick, like dangerously sick, like get them to your vet right away. So it's a toxicity a chocolate toxicity meter for your pets. It's a great little thing to have it accessible on your phones because you may need it at some point. Now, it's not just the chocolate. Dogs' noses are unbelievable. If you took a sealed candy in the wrapper, like a, I don't know, M&M's or Snickers, and I asked you to smell it, you probably wouldn't smell anything but a bar of whatever, just it won't even have an odor. To contrast, if a dog were to smell that, a dog not only would be able to smell what's inside if he could talk or write and you asked him to rank the ingredients in order he'll be able to do that why because we have about five million olfactory receptors in our noses dogs have 200 to 250 million that's 40 to 50 times the smelling ability than we have so it's amazing so when they pick up something, and they smell it, even though it's all wrapped up. They know it's something in there that they want to eat, and they don't have the ability or they they don't care to unwrap it, leave the wrapper out, and just grab what's inside. They eat the whole thing. So it's not only the candy we're worried about. It's the wrapper, and it's everything else that goes along with it. So if it's a lollipop, the stick is going with it. I mean, we have to be very, very careful with our dogs. I would say it's one of the more. This is where it all starts, with Halloween. And then we're going to talk about dangers around Thanksgiving. And then we're going to talk, a month later, dangers around Christmas. And it is very, very common. And The holiday time of year, starting with Halloween, is festive. It's fun. The kids love it. We want to keep them engaged. But we also want to keep our pets safe. So keep them on leashes. Do not let them by the front door. Make sure they have their ID. If you're going to take them with you, be careful. Keep them on a tight leash. Make sure that they know that it's just kids. Stop. If you see a large group, why don't you pull off to the side? Have your dog sit. Wait till they pass. And be also warn kids coming up to the dog. Be very careful because we know you're a kid, but he doesn't. So therefore, be really, really careful. And um, have your veterinarian's number handy. Have your AirVet. If you haven't downloaded it yet, you can reach us on AirVet. And tell us what the dog ate, what's going on. We might be able to help you. If not, send you to your local emergency center. Anyway, that's all we have time for. Uh, thanks for joining me here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. If you want to get a hold of me, if you want to ask or talk about anything, uh, you can reach me easily. Dr. Jeff, Dr. Jeff at petliferadio.com. Um, if you have a medical question, you can text it to me. If you need immediate care, you can reach me on or reach one of our AirVet docs on AirVet, A-I-R-V-E-T. Download it, have it on your phone. It's a great thing to have. Doesn't cost you anything to download, and your first call is free anyway. So go for it. And uh, other than that, we will be here next week, same time, same channel here on Pet Life Radio. Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. Have a great week, everybody. Stay safe this Thursday. See you next week.
0: Let's talk pets every week on demand.